Pitching the media on behalf of your company or client. My goodness, there's an awful lot written about this. We decide to talk with a journalist today, one who has spent more than four decades listening to a million pitches on stories and strategies, the real world of professional communications. <laughs> Make it sound so ominous, it Doug. It is ominous. <laughs> My guest, Tony Tai, uh, one of the most accomplished broadcast journalists in Canada. Tony, you and I probably go back 20, 25? 90s. 90s, yeah. yeah. I was 10. Yeah. Something, something. <laughs> well, you and I go back a ways. You started your career in radio in Belleville, Ontario, back uh, in 1977. Yeah, I went to college in Belleville and, uh, and got my first job there. And I was 10 at that point. <laughs> now, you ended up traveling west, eventually landing in Calgary at CJ92 in 1985. Then four years later, started your television career that saw you become, and this is when I got to know you, you were the or the consumer reporter in Calgary. That's where your career progressed to. What was that like? It was the the most intense time I, I've ever experienced. Uh, people were so interested in consumer information and consumer scams and all of that type of thing it went through the roof it was just the, the most watched informational program on the air at that time and uh and gives you a real indication of just you know how how much people want that type of information and eventually you were a six o'clock news anchor with global television in calgary yeah. Recently retired or semi-retired? or I, I took early retirement uh, a year and a half ago. Still doing a little work on the side, um, helping people know how to pitch their stories and how to train them for the media. Hence, we are here. And over the course of your 40 years, how many pitches could you possibly estimate oh. that you've heard? I mean, tens of thousands. Uh, and, and interesting that, you know, when you go back... 40 years, they weren't called pitches then, you know, the, the, they were just the daily news announcements you got from the government or the police or the, or the hospital or something like that. It was the everyday news, but you didn't look at it from the point of view that, oh, they're trying to get me to do a story. I thought, you thought this was important stuff. I mean, they made an announcement and you mm -hmm. had to go out and cover the story. Uh, so, I mean, it was all over the map. So you take a look at everything over the years, anything from a community ribbon cutting to a bottle drive to a, you know, a major government funding announcement. The, those were all stories that were given to reporters because someone sent it to a newsroom to do a story about. So, so what did it, that media pitch look like? You started in 77. Mm -hmm. um, that, for me, starting mm -hmm. in the late 80s, it was about a fax machine and sometimes mm -hmm. the, the BN wire, the wire service. Yeah. What did a media pitch look like going as far back as to the 70s as opposed to what it looks like now? It's a strange concept. Um, you got an envelope and you opened it and you took a letter out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, you got... It wasn't immediate. You've got a release in the mail or or you were sent something by fax or we had teletypes back then. The teletype would give you the daily news events, but... They would also give you daily news announcements. They would have a list of all the pre-scheduled announcements coming out from various professional organizations and government. And that was just what you did. You, you, it happened in your community. You covered the story and, and went on from there. And as a communications consultant, you and I are approached all the time by clients to help attract media 
uh, to do a story about, inevitably it's about the great work that our client is doing. Yes. Um, is, is, what's your advice for that? Well, I, I think the most important thing is, first of all, there's a difference between what you think is a good story, the person who wants to pitch it, and there's a difference between what the reporter is going to think is a good story and most important, what the audience is going to think is a good story. And if your story has substance, if it has some information or news you can use or content that the audience out there is going to feel is interesting, that's your aim is, is to convince the journalist, the news media outlet that's why your story is important. And, and so often people think that, well, they're just going to do a story because I'm making an announcement or, or some, I'm doing something new. Tell them why. You know, I think more than, import, more than anything else, hand it to them on a silver platter. Make them understand, make it easier for them to understand why this could be a good story for their audience, a listener, a viewer, or a reader. You know, the interesting thing is that even people who work in journalism can argue about what is a good story. Mm -hmm. Want to play you a clip from the first season of the Mary Tyler Moore Show from 1970. In this scene, Lou Grant, played by Ed Asner, is explaining to Mary, played by Mary Tyler Moore, why a traffic jam is a bigger story than a prison riot. The biggest story of the week breaks and we're doing a prison riot? Uh, what's the story? There's a major traffic jam. A major traffic jam? Uh, Mr. Grant, why is the traffic jam more important than the prison riot? You are so lucky. I am going to tell you everything I know about news. It's worth taking notes. Oh. Don't take notes. <laughs> why is the traffic jam more important than a prison riot? Hmm? How many people would you say are in a prison riot? Uh, offhand? How many? Uh, 50. How many in a traffic jam? Oh, I see. No, you don't. <laughs> a lot of those people in that traffic jam are going to go home and watch the news, right? Right. Those guys in the prison riot aren't going to be watching the news. They're going to be over the wall or in solitary. Did you learn something? I'll find that other crew. <laughs> and by the way, in researching for that clip, I watched about 10 old episodes from the first season of Mary Tyler Moore. They're all available for free up on YouTube. It's an amazing show. It is. And not only was it hilarious, it was very realistic. In, you know, in, in a way, it portrayed actually what goes on in some newsrooms. Yes, including much. including the Ted Baxter character. Oh, most definitely. There's a few of those <laughs> out there for sure. You know what's really interesting about that, and, and it, it does hit what we're talking about right on the head, and that is every story that you pitch has to impact people who are in the media audience. And whether the media does a story about that pitch or not depends on how many people it impacts. The more, the merrier. They sit around the morning table at the morning news meetings and say, okay, what are our stories going to be today? And the stories that are going to impact more people and have more of a broader impact are going to give, be given priority over the stories that don't. Not because the stories that don't aren't good, but we're trying to 
appeal to most our most of our audience out there. Um, and if you appeal to a small segment, the rest of the audience is going is going to say that doesn't interest me. Right. Yet Lou didn't necessarily get it wrong. He didn't. I'm not saying no. he got it right. No. He just didn't necessarily. I mean, he, tongue in cheek. Tongue in very cheek. much he did. Yeah. But exactly. So let's talk about the mechanisms and the channels. Okay. News releases, media advisories. Do these still work anymore? And and is email the right channel, or is that morphing into social media? Definitely today, uh, email and social media are the the new new norms of, of communicating with with media and journalists. Media news releases and news advisories are are still the traditional way of making announcements. I'm scheduling a news conference or a press conference to make a big announcement, and and the media look for these. But these are the daily events, the must-dos, the must-cover stories of the day. What we're, we're talking about are people who are trying to fit themselves in between the must-do stories of the day, right? The, these are the people who, I've got a story that's really interesting, but it's somehow got to fit its way in between the you know the the crime beat story and the fire story and the government funding story and the city council story that are all the stuff that they're going to cover today so how do we make that pitch stand out and and you know communicating with journalists today is your way of writing a letter to them you email them you let them know why this story is of value and important and what you have to offer and, and how it can make a difference. And, and, but you've got to reach out directly to the reporters, not so much to the news organizations anymore. We talk about news organizations get dozens and dozens of, of media pitches every day from PR companies and communication companies and corporations and individuals and government but you've got to compete with that. So make your story stand out. Doesn't the assignment editor just triage all that information, something to the morning show and something to the afternoon show? Aren't they, aren't they the air traffic control person taking care of all this? The technology has changed. So the new way of um, triaging is on a software program that every reporter in the newsroom accesses on their own. The assignment editor takes all of the information that comes in in a day, news conferences, press releases, um, uh, you know, corporate announcements, um, uh, profit and loss statements, and they plop them in different categories on a software program. And the reporters go into the program and look what's on the schedule today. And if they see something they like, they might want to look into it a little further on their own time and then pitch it once they've got a good story together. It isn't actually handed to a reporter and said, here, you look at this. Here's a good story for you. No one has time for that anymore. You have to appeal directly to the people you think would be the most likely to do your story. Tailor the pitch to the, the individual Definitely. responsible. Let me read you some, as technology advances here. This, this is where the PR side gets a little draconian. Mm-hmm. Let me read you something from a PR company in the U.S., Quote, get press coverage by automatically mailing journalists when they mention keywords in articles and tweets with name of the PR company. You can build trigger based email campaigns to pitch and build relationships with journalists while you sleep. Mm, No, maybe if you want to make some enemies 
in the news business. That uh, might be a good strategy to use. Um, I mean, reporters, first of all, like to generate their own ideas. They don't want to be told what to do. So having someone emailing you constantly or direct messaging you constantly every time a key word is used in one of your stories and it's a reminder of another story you or another idea is only going to just set them off. I mean, um, reporters have too much to do in a day to spend time keeping up with all the email and all the story pitches that come into them or into their newsroom. And what even infuriates them more would be something that is an automatic message, something which uh, is a formula style pitch. Um, that's like delete, delete. Um, they're going to recognize those kinds of things right away. I mean, you have to build personal relationships with reporters, but that doesn't mean they're, you know, you're going to send them automatic emails at certain times every day or week. I mean, it just doesn't, doesn't work that way. And you're going to create more enemies than you are um, friends. Were you ever wowed by a pitch? Hmm. I mean, I would say that anything that piqued my curiosity that I said, I never knew that, or is this really for real? So lots of stories pique your interest, but the most important thing to remember for a journalist is first of all, they were good ideas. Remember, uh, uh, I've always taken the approach, everything is a story. There's Everyone has a story to tell. It's just you have to find it and, and, and then tell it. So as I said, it's up to the reporter to use the idea to create a good story. Um, they're not going to take everything you said and, and use every word you, you give them, but you've helped them start their idea and they're probably going to include you in the story. And that's the most you can expect out of it. You're a resource for them. And it's up to you to help them see the light. And pitches and interviews can go wrong. Mm. I want to play you a clip from the HBO show, The Newsroom, about a pitch that obviously goes terribly badly on live TV. The interviewee is the head of a social media site that allows people to post, share, and comment about pictures and videos of celebrities anywhere in Los Angeles or New York in real time. He wants to be on Atlantis Cable News, ACN, mm -hmm. for publicity for his business. He's essentially pitching his business. Right. Eh, things don't go as he hoped. Oh, and by the way, you're going to hear a slightly different sound quality as this interview progresses. What's happening is they're switching scenes on the TV show between the interview live at the anchor desk and the production and directing crew watching the interview back in the mixing room. So the sound is a little different in parts of the interview. It's a map that tells you where celebrities have incited in New York or Los Angeles and soon will be expanding to Vegas and South Beach. Anytime you want, you can scroll around and see, you know, Jude Law was shopping for condoms at Dwayne Reed on 57th. So people or... are out there and they can post a message to us and say, Kristen Bell and her kid are at the 4 p.m. showing of How to Train Your Dragon at the Arclight. And it goes right on our map instantly. So that when Kristen Bell and her kid come out of the movies, there are a dozen sociopaths waiting for them. <laughs> I don't think that's likely. Why not? Well, uh, it's the price of fame, isn't it? No, it's not. It's a punishment for it. Celebrities have been stalked and celebrities have been murdered. What this app is best at is assisting in that, right? I'm sorry you feel that way. AC Engage is citizen journalism. Can you talk about the vetting process the citizen journalism undergoes? The vetting? People can post more than locations. They can post observations. That's right. 
I'm asking if those posts are fact-checked. This is one specific element of the For site. For instance, in a post today, a citizen journalist tells us that Jimmy Kimmel was visibly intoxicated last night at the Soho House in West Hollywood. That's right. Jimmy Kimmel was with his family in Cabo San Lucas last night. Uh, people don't read this with the expectation of it being true. Everyone, Excuse me? Everyone... People don't have an expectation that what they're reading is true? They read it for the immediacy. But you're using the word journalism. Which means there is an expectation that what they're reading is true. But let me take it a step further. Let's pretend it was true, that Jimmy Kimmel was intoxicated last night at the Soho House in West Hollywood. It's not true, but we don't care, so let's pretend that it is, since that's what we're doing anyway. Why does that belong on our website? Honestly, I think there's a shifting definition of what's public and private space. There is, and we should care about that. But my question is, why should we care about a talk show host drinking at a bar? The idea is that we're acknowledging that they're real people. I wonder how many of us didn't already know that. But you're doing more than acknowledging they're real people. You're beating them up for it. Aren't they protected by the piles of money they're surrounded by? OK, what's the line of demarcation? You make over X dollars a year, and now you get to be treated by us as a regular person who's basically had an electronic bracelet slapped on their ankle. What does X equal? It would be silly to name an exact dollar amount. You're paid $55,000 a year. Well, that's private. <laughs> Sorry. That's almost twice the national average for a family of four. Do your piles of cash protect you from this interview in which I'm intentionally stripping you of your dignity? And by the way, I've managed to do it without lying once. So I'm going to give you another chance to answer my question before I answer it myself. What's the value of an unsourced, unbedded story about a grown man drinking at a bar? I can't give you all the time in the world. It's entertainment. Isn't that something else? Oh, wow. That, that's almost like a, a cross-examination, from a, which is entirely possible. Yes, with it a is. Report. What's, the, what's the lesson in all that? Well, first of all, I, it doesn't sound like whoever's behind this social media site got any second opinions or any sound advice on on what the potential could be when he gets interviewed by this news network um which is part of pitching a story is you know bounce it off get other opinions don't you don't just think your idea is the greatest you've got to you know it's mm -hmm. you've got to get different views and opinions on it um and the other thing is pitches and story ideas are about people and just because people are curious doesn't doesn't make what this guy was doing right right you know um and you've got to assume uh, that a, a reporter is going to take an idea and go in many different directions with it they're going to they're not going to take your point of view they're not going to take your word for it they're going to get other reaction opinions to whatever it is they're doing a story about get other input from people um you don't have control over that if it's your original idea is the pitch. So you have to be prepared for that and you have to be ready to answer to the, the opinions and, and reaction and other criticisms, criticisms possibly to whatever you're pitching. Okay, this, this brings me back to the most basic question. If I have to pitch a story, what constitutes, what is the recipe for a media story? A um, good story is about people and it's for people. So if your story is going to have some legs in, in, in the newsroom, it has to be something that the media, the journalists, the news organizers, the, the managers are all going to sit around and say, are people going to talk about this at the end of the day? Is this something they're going to be interested in? You know, is that water cooler talk story? Or is it just a one-off kind of one or two people are only going to be affected by this? 
And in the end, if you can somehow relate to a media organization, a journalist, that my story has wide appeal, has some benefit, people are going to use it, they'll get some information out of it, somehow make it relate to the people who are watching, listening, or reading in the media, that's what your aim is. Will you get more coverage if you're, let's say they agree to do the story, will you get more coverage by not pitching your company so much as explaining the relevance and, and letting it stand for itself? In my opinion, yes. It's all about content. I've noticed it. I've thought about this. There are a whole new series of advertisements that are taking over on television and radio in particular. And they're advertisements that don't advertise the business name and where, the, where their address is. It's an advertisement with news you can use and information. And there's one ongoing right now in Calgary where the company <clears throat> is talking about cleaning commercial vents and ducts in buildings. And the whole advertisement is about how important it is to clean these ducts so you don't have fire risks and ventilation problems in your business. And they show how clogged these vents can get. It's 30 seconds long, but when you see the commercial, you go, wow, I never thought of that. Bingo. Yeah. It's not an advertisement. It's news you can use, and you're going to remember the name of that company. Oh, Tony, so good to, to do this podcast finally with you. Let's, I hope we get a chance to do it again. Well, there's so much we didn't talk about. Yeah, thanks for your time. <laughs> I appreciate it. If you'd like to send a message to my guest, Tony Ty, you can at Tony, T-O-N-Y, T-I-G-H-E, Tony Ty, at Shaw.ca. If you liked what you heard, would you do us a favor, recommend this podcast to one friend? And if you have an idea for an episode or just want to tell us something, send us a note at info, I-N-F-O, at jgrcommunications.com. It wasn't ominous at all. Not at all. Thanks for listening. Thank you.